knock life, but not the chick of kind More like the people in the world seeking perspectives with a different life. The kids who share the interest together with a similar kind Welcome back when to a brand new episode of Hard Knock Life, episode 82, coming at you. Uh, I am once again your host, Keith Chow, and uh, today's episode is going to be about this new era we have entered. We are now in the post-Wonder Woman era of superhero movies, and it's a great time to be alive. So in order to talk about the brand new Wonder Woman movie that's breaking box office records left and right, I've surrounded myself by some powerful Amazonian Wonder Woman themselves, uh, joining the Hard Knock Life this time around. Returning champion, first time on the audio version of uh, Hard Knock Life 2.0, but uh, one of one of the early earliest participants in this podcast. Finally, after four years, got her to publish a post on the Hard Knock <laughs> on the Nerds of Color website. Please welcome back to Hard Knock Life, Najela Ree. What's up? Hi, the prodigal daughter returns. <laughs> I'm were, so happy to be back. <laughs> you were with us from Jump, people don't know, and now we get yes. to see your byline on the blog. Yeah, well, I have started many an article. <laughs> I had just never, like, finished and or pressed publish. And now I have. So now I you have. Like I'm, it's, like, official. You are official. You are now an official nerd of color after four years. Uh, after being behind the scenes, being co-hosting Hard Knock Life a couple times. But uh, but no, now you are definitely an official NOC. Uh, writing our Wonder Wo- our official nerd of color Wonder Woman review, no less. Yes, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was wordy, and I've had people like say, wow, that was a lot. And I, I want people <laughs> to know that that is the highly edited version. That is the chopped down version. The original... Uh, when I first sat down and wrote it, it was like almost 5,000 words. And then I <laughs> chopped it down to like 2,400 words. Then again, I edited it down to like, I think, whatever you have, like 1,400 yeah. up. So well, for all the people saying like, oh my God, it's so long. I'm like, good. you don't even know <laughs> maybe, how much more I had to say. Maybe if we ever do a Nerd of Color anthology book, we'll have the director's cut of uh, your Wonder Woman <laughs> review. Uh, sure. Najela is not the only Wonder Woman on the episode. Joining us for the first time on Hard Knock Life, but she is my co-host on DC TV Classics. Please welcome a Greek goddess on her own right, Brittany Monet. Hi, thank you for that welcome. <laughs> yeah, I am half Greek for those who don't know. So, so you are you are a a Themyscirian in my eyes. Um, you also you. got got to to see Wonder Woman. In, in fact, if you if you are fans of our podcast, you might have listened to the most recent episode of. DC TV Classics, I was not a part of it, uh, but the crew, Desiree and Nick Lang, broke down uh, mm-hmm. Wonder, Wonder Woman, the TV show, with some uh, mention of the Wonder Woman movie. So you guys talked about that recently. Yes, we did. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, and I can just say, Keith, you're an editing god, because while we were recording, there was a lot of <laughs>, laughs and hiccups, and just... So when you edit it, it sounds like we didn't have any issues at all, which I'm so thankful for, because we were just like, oh my god, we can't do this without Keith. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. That I listened to it this morning. It sounded amazing. Um, it did, yes. Thank you. <laughs> so no, so I, I've surrounded myself by a couple of Wonder Women to talk about Wonder Woman, uh, the brand new movie starring Gal Gadot, directed by Patty Jenkins. Like As I mentioned at the top of the show, Broke box office records with a hundred million dollar opening weekend, the the largest uh, opening weekend by a female led, uh, female directed movie in history. 
Uh, also, I think raked in another hundred million dollars overseas for a two hundred million dollar global opening. So, first off the bat, this notion that movie starring women don't make money at the box office—I feel like we can toss that aside, right? That that stereotype. Oh, yeah. Can we can we get rid? Uh, of we it? always knew that that was garbage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was one of the biggest movies right before this? It was Beauty and the Beast. Yes. And. Mm-hmm. That is a woman-centric story, so... Oh, to- definitely. I mean, and, you know, this I this is something we talk about all the time, right? This, this old trope that, like, women, people of color, anytime you put their movies up, people won't buy it, and that's why Hollywood, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, can't take the risk. But lo and behold, it seems like every time you have either a POC-fronted or a woman-fronted movie, it ba- makes bank... Now the question is, when are we going to get a woman of color centered movie? Because I feel exactly. like exactly, yeah, you know. I would love to to have that, um, but I also it took so long. This is Wonder Woman's first movie, <laughs> and she's she's been around since 1941. <laughs> Superman had mm-hmm. like 50 billion of them. There, Batman could just make just garbage, and they'll still give him another chance, but. I gotta feel like if God forbid this didn't have this two hundred twenty three like million dollar opening, we would we don't even know if we're gonna get to see Captain Marvel if this didn't have a great opening. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, it it also shows like Patty Jenkins, who is the director. She directed an amazing movie, mm-hmm. Monster, that won all of the awards. An Oscar winning movie. That's right. Oscar winning movie. 13 years later, she gets to make another one. So I, I think it's more of an industry problem right. uh, than the actual like reality of what people want to see. There was this article that talked about uh, how... I mean, it's actually, you know, if you got past the headline, the article itself was actually really good. But the, the headline in the, in the Twitter caption was, Studio gambles a $150 million movie on this indie director. But like you said, this indie, this quote-unquote indie director is Patty Jenkins, who's got an Oscar. Well, she doesn't have an Oscar, but she directed Charlize Theron to an Oscar-winning performance. And then was put in director jail for 13 years for some reason. Meanwhile, yeah, for no reason. Yeah. Meanwhile, some guy who directs like a half decent monster movie gets Godzilla, and then and then Star Wars. <laughs> so you know, mm-hmm. like Colin Trevorrow, like more power to him. But like Ryan Johnson, Gareth Edwards, these guys make five dollar movies on a shoestring budget, and all of a sudden get get handed the keys to the kingdom, like it's nothing. And meanwhile, Patty Jenkins is the gamble. Brittany, I mean, that that's just good. That just seems insulting. Oh yeah, I mean, the industry. There's some parts that it's so behind. Like TV, like that's what they always say. TV is more progressive, mm. and I think it always has been. But um, with film, there's just this whole like, oh, it's not going to make. There's tons of excuses that have been proven. You know, as you said, not true. Uh, you know, Fast and the Furious is one of the like highest grossing franchises out there and it's predominantly, you know, a POC cast. Right. So it's just Hollywood makes excuses for like, you know, people are oh, they don't want to see people of color. They don't want to see women. They don't want to see both. Mm. Women can't direct as good movies or you know, superheroes and action films aren't women's to go to choice. They'll just go if they're with their boyfriend or husband or or family member, or whatever, you know, right. it's always some excuse why women aren't 
or people of color aren't into a certain genre of film or why they can't do it. And it's always BS. And I'm glad that this movie proved that it's definitely BS. So there's definitely no more excuses. And all the other studios, they need to really green light all their female-led ideas that's been sitting around. Well, let's talk about why this movie just made $200 million over the weekend. Um, I think by all accounts, including our own review that you wrote, Najela, Wonder mm-hmm. Woman is the best, for, for, for sure, the best DC Extended Universe movie by a large margin. And I would argue it's probably better than half the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. People can read your review on, online, but what's the... What would be the, if you were to nutshell it, what what would you say your overall takeaway of, of Wonder Woman is? Uh, in a nutshell, I say it's uh, a very fun, uh, very uh, emotionally honest mm. take on Wonder Woman that gets the essence of the character. Uh, while, unfortunately, it kind of has a very flawed script that falls to pieces by the time the third act rolls around. Yeah, I would. I, I, as much as I love this movie, and I love this movie. I would have to agree that, and, and you know, as is the case with I think every single superhero movie ever made to this point, the third act uh, is is problematic at best. Uh, Brittany, what's your what's your before we dive into the, the details and and forewarn when we do get into the details, it's going to be spoilerific. Although I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already seen Wonder Woman multiple times, but. Uh, but Brittany, what was your overall takeaway after seeing the movie finally after, you know, waiting so long for it to happen? I agree that it is so far the best DC film to date. Um, and I agree that the last act kind of fell short. But I will say that the twist I already saw coming. Like, I knew that this was... <laughs> that I knew it right away as soon as they introduced that character and then there's the whole twist. I was like, okay, yeah. I know who this is. Yeah, my oh. thought I thought Remus Lupin was going to turn into a werewolf, so I was a little surprised. <laughs> um, so the, I guess so. This is where the spoilers will start. So if you don't want to hear any uh, Wonder Woman spoilers, I would uh, pause the uh, podcast now. Get yourself to a Cinemaplex, watch the movie, come back, and resume the podcast because we're going to get into the details. Uh, I will say up front, Wonder Woman. When I, and I, I tweeted this after I came out of the movie. I think it's my favorite comic book superhero movie ever. And this, for me, and maybe this is recency bias, it surpasses Dark Knight and Winter Soldier. Primarily because, uh, for the first time in a long time, as I'm sitting there in the theater, like, to, to, to Najela's point, I felt like for the first time, the director and the producers and the movie knew what, the superhero was who the superhero was and and you could feel that this was diana <laughs> wonder woman uh, i don't know if i agree with well that, and i'm and i'm I... saying this i'm saying this in the in the scene and when i when i realized this was during the no man's land scene oh yes when she when she emerges out of the trench i was like holy shit i think i'm yeah. i think i love this movie now that said there, it's not a perfect movie, right? What no. movie is? What movie is? <laughs> no. But I, I, for me, and again, it could be recency bias. I, it's at best top, at worst top three, at best number one. Now that could be controversial, Najela. <laughs> I, I, I will. I feel like 
I don't like I said in the review. I don't want to be like the bell hooks everybody's Wonder Woman <laughs> lemonade, but like I, I there's a lot of problems with this, in this movie for sure. me. Um, That's why I have you on. And I, as much as there were so many enjoyable moments, mm. sometimes the 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 issues I have with the movie were like gnawing at me. Even my first view of the movie, like immediately after, I kind of was like, "Yes, awesome." But I have issues. Uh, I I have I think most most of my issues lie in um, the script and the choices that were made in in a lot of the script. Um, the more I'm reading about the production, I could see that Patty Jenkins really fought yeah. to get to have a a movie that really captured Wonder Woman uh, so well, and it, which is incredibly hard because this she's been around in every age she's from the golden era all the way to the modern she has two really uh interesting uh stories going on right now from post-crisis to new 52 to rebirth like she's a very active character in the dc universe so there's so many versions of her right but i feel like this representation has something for every wonder woman fan so for me i Learn to read, literally taught myself how to read, reading the Perez run mm. of Wonder Woman, which I used to always call classics because they were my uncle's comic books. <laughs> but, you know, uh, then people look at me with laser eyes whenever I say that. Uh, but, you know, that that was Wonder Woman to me. That was the uh, cement truth. This is what the character is. Everything I saw her here. And then, you know, I once I start expanding to what I'm reading uh, and what I'm watching and uh, different representations of Wonder Woman, I could see that, you know, the character has grown from where she came from. Uh, I'm a very recent lover of the golden age of Wonder Woman, um, right. the, the omnibus that they, they put out, which is the creator's run. And now I kind of look at what was my quintessential Wonder Woman, and I can admit with much chagrin that, yeah, what I thought was the core of Wonder Woman actually strayed pretty far from what the creator's intent was. <laughs> um, but I still feel like the why people fall in love with this character is still intact, and that's how I feel about this movie. Um, so my dis- detractions that I found annoying or disheartening uh, I I feel like because it was so true to the character, it's still worth it. Do I think it's better than, you know, uh, Winter Soldier? Or <laughs> do I think it was better than um, Civil War? No. <laughs> I can't say that I, no, I feel that. That's fair. But, uh, you know, also Civil War had Black Panther. So right, I, right. that could be... That could be me just going up, but Black Panther. So no, that's but, true. Well, and I actually want to dive into that a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, and I, I think it's it's a double edged sword. What what we got in terms of pe- people of color representation in Wonder Woman? Because I know that leading up to the film, when you know there was that uh, last year, there was that promo image of the Themyscirans. It was it was just Diana Hippolyta Antiope played by Robin Wright and another. Uh, and I don't remember her name. I think it's Maniope, and I, and she's played by a Norwegian actress. For some reason, she was in the first image, and like she's barely in the movie. Um, yeah. 
But uh, but there was a there was a outcry about the lack of Themyscirans of color. There was a hashtag Where's Philippus, who was famously the uh, Amazon that trained Diana in in many of the comics runs in the past. Um, so so there was a uh, going into the film. There was this idea like are are they going to just pretend people of color don't exist? And and I had read that you know using the World War One setting would be, give them an opportunity to not feature any people of color because the the assumption is people of color didn't exist in the early 1900s for some reason. And um, so but so I would say that going into that with those trepidations, I was pleasantly surprised by the number of black and Asian. Uh, coded Themyscirans during the the opening parts of the movie um you know most of them were not prominently uh featured in terms of main characters but there were definitely more uh women of color than I was anticipating and and then once we got to the uh, man's world there was actually a fair number of people of color in the backgrounds which which again you know a Hollywood typical Hollywood studio movie could easily have not placed, you know, regiment of Sikh soldiers in the background in the train station that Preeti Shabir pointed out on Twitter, um, or or the, the the characters of Chief Napi and Samir not being as fleshed out as they were. So, Brittany, in terms of like POC representation in Wonder Woman, what did you think of, you know, the the characters that we did get and the characters that we could have gotten? Yeah, I you know I mean obviously it wasn't as much as we had hoped or expected but it wasn't like there was no one at all which i think would have been a lot worse Mm. and i definitely would have loved to seen like nubia Mm. so maybe she'll be in a sequel um but i really did like um oh what was his name i can't remember his name samir but is yes samir he was so funny. Yeah, and Samir played by Saeed Talmugi of uh I I know him best. I mean, he's a popular actor in France, but I know him best as Breaker in GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra, which is otherwise an awful film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was everyone I think was everyone in the movie was really great at their performance-wise, but I do wish we had more, especially women of color ta- mm. like talking more than what they did. And yeah. I didn't. I didn't even see Florence because she's supposed to be in the movie. Florence. I cannot pronounce her last name, but she was a senator. So if you blinked, you kind of missed her. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was like, I didn't see her at all, or she didn't talk. So I was yeah. kind of sad about that. Uh, well, you know, Black Panther. She's gonna be in Black Panther. <laughs> oh yeah. So. <laughs> I, I kind of felt um, there was so much. I felt like it was a waste, not a waste opportunity, but missed opportunity to have um, women of color that were talking and prominent because I feel like they could have done more on Themyscira. They mm. could have shown us more of their culture, more of how their world works, um, more of the, the inner workings because, you know, in a lot of the, the comics, uh, you know, there's when a decision is made, like who's going to go to man's world, it's it usually like, like they have a senate a and they yeah. or and yeah in the senate and they decide to have the competition and in the competition you kind of see like how this all works and you get to call her wonder woman uh because that's the the title that you win from the competition which you know didn't make it into the movie but mm-hmm. uh not the choice i would have made uh i also kind of feel that um as much as i liked uh the characters of 
Samir and the chief, I there was no reason why they couldn't have been women. Mm. Uh, World War One had so many uh, women that were spies, women that were smugglers, right. and it could have been a great opportunity, but they didn't take it. And also, they seemed to like make a point out of inserting dudes where dudes did not need to be. Uh, you have this classic Wonder Woman character who in the golden age was like this very feisty, fat, very like heroic and like loving character that would have been great to see beside Wonder Woman. And she takes her shopping and then disappears for the rest of the movie. (laughs) Um, In modern uh, now at a candy, you know, she's uh, she's black Right. So you could have it would have been great to have, you know, the black Etta Candy in uh in this movie where, you know, she is an Argus agent or she's an officer. And that would have been awesome, but that didn't happen. Uh, I I don't think there's any reason why we couldn't have had holiday girls. Right. You had mentioned that you have- mentioned that in your in your review that instead of like their you know, their multicultural Howling Commandos that they that they formed together they could it could have easily been Etta Candy and the Holiday Girls. Yeah, and even the villain you have this um, reimagining and kind of whitewashing of uh, a classic Wonder Woman villain, but she's playing second fiddle to a dude who was an actual dude. Which people don't believe me when I keep on telling them this. Yes, this. One woman stabbed the heck out of uh, an actual historic figure uh, who is the person who decided it was uh, all the Jews' fault. So the <laughs> like that idea that inspired Hitler, that was that guy. So right. as much as I like the fact that he got stabbed to death in a Wonder Woman movie, I kind of feel like, well, if you have this classic villain, and this is her cinematic debut, she has never been on the screen use her let her let her do her thing let her be uh you know the mastermind instead of this like shy flower that is kind of i feel like they were kind of saying that she's being like kind of emotionally manipulated by this dude she's like way too dependent on him which i'm like that's not dr poison well you mentioned that dr poison was white i know that she was. She used to be a Nazi character back in the early days. They, well, she was in rebirth. Dr. They made her. Maru. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, they. She was a Japanese character, so there was kind of that. Um, I, I, I am. I wish there could have been, you know, an Asian woman in this in the movie. But I also understand that uh, her character was Yellow Peril. Um, you know, Dragon Lady crap. So I get that. Don't do that. <laughs> but, you know. Right, right. But so. we, we, we've, which, which we've complained about too, that, you know, you can make quote-unquote stereotypes as long as you make them real, well-rounded characters. Dr. Poison was not the most well-rounded character, even if she was white in the in the movie. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's just kind of there to be the poor, ugly woman, which I kind of, that was like the one thing I feel like the movie dropped the ball. It's mm-hmm. like you have... Um, you know, Gal Gadot, who's this very statuesque, beautiful woman, and then the bad woman, 
she's all like her face is all messed up because she's ugly because ugly people can't be trusted right. which i'm like oh come on man <laughs> that was a weird point at the end when aries was like look at her look at how ugly she is like yeah, and I'm like, what? I thought, I thought her problem was that she was murdering people. It wasn't because yeah. she's ugly. But. Like, and I was like, <laughs> a dude wrote this movie. Yeah, a well, dude totally what like a dude this, definitely wrote the movie. I, I feel like that is the moment where the writer just whipped out his penis and smeared it on the screen <laughs> to say, "Hey, here I am with my trash bag politics." Yeah, because she's she's a war criminal. She is making gas to kill millions of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make some dude feel good, uh, and I was just just, uh, just a turducken of <laughs> everything that I did not want to see in a Wonder Woman movie, and that was that was there. So well, that that was one of my big gripes. Speaking of POC representation in Wonder Woman, there was an article that came out before the movie did uh, last week. I think it was ComicBook.com oh. um, that that <laughs> that was saying, "Hey guys, you guys." There is a person of color at the center of Wonder Woman. It's Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot's a POC. Um, so, what? <laughs> I'll keep a straight. Yeah. I'll keep a straight face for this segment. Brittany, <laughs> what, yes. what do we think of this idea that uh, the fact that Gal Gadot, who is an Israeli uh, actress, that she's a POC because she's from Israel? Uh, I. Don't like. I mean, if she, if her whole entire family is just straight up, you know, there's no nothing else mixed in there, other ethnicities or races, then yeah, she's not really a person of color. She's not maybe like you know Anglo-Saxon white, but she's still white. Just because you're born in a certain country does not necessarily mean that's the race you're assigned. You know, like I could be, you know born in hong kong but that does not mean that's you know that doesn't apply that i'm asian or anything well there's that there's also that very famous african-american actress Charlize theron right (laughs) i mean she's from africa so clearly she must be a person of color as well yeah but obviously no she's (laughs) not you know she's because it's what was it like it was people from England or right, Australia right, yeah. They or whatever, were the, the colonizers. If you're from the colonizers, it's kind of hard to <laughs> yeah to to, to to claim uh, you know the uh, the the mantle of the oppressed when you are the oppressor, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's, it was just a, I think one of the things that I think prompted. To be honest, I couldn't tell if it was a satire. Like reading the essay itself, I was wondering: is like is this writer kind of like making fun of people who are, you know, aching for more, like, was this the reversed Asian American iron fist in a way? Like, you know, because I couldn't tell. I really, I literally couldn't, I thought this was satire when, but apparently it like fostered this debate on Twitter. Yeah. Najela, are you still there? Did you? I am here. I'm just, I'm trying to (laughs) figure out how to say this in a way that will not be offensive or Uh, get me, um, thrown out of out of woke camp uh ah interesting. I, you're you're, seen, fr- you're you're going to be taken out of woke camp okay that's interesting i didn't I, i've seen so many people that were like <laughs> if you don't consider gal gadot a woman of color then you are an anti-semite and that's oh. just not how that works that um that you works. could recognize that she faces discrimination sure uh in this country for being 
Jewish and being Israeli, but that does not mean she's not white. Um, right. That's just not how racist yeah. works in this in this country in any way, shape, or form, because you have so many different types of Jewish people. There are Asian Jews, there are mm. Black Jews, there are all kinds of people that are Jewish, and so her Jewishness doesn't uh, erase her whiteness because she still gets white privilege in her home country based on that whiteness. So you can't then say, oh, well, because she's Jewish, person of color, because that's just not how that works. Right. And, and you know, yeah. I think there is there is definitely a history of, in terms of discrimination in this country, you know, Jew, Jews get white conditional whiteness, right? Like, yeah, I think this idea that simply because you know, she's from Israel or she has Jewish heritage makes her automatically a person of color. It doesn't understand the sociology behind what race is in in America, at least, and yeah. in, in the world throughout. Yeah, because yeah. I know America's view of, you know, what who is white, who isn't, could be very different because, you know, like people who like Greek people, Italian people, and mm. like Armenian people and outside of America, they are they're not really considered white or the the right kind of white. Right. You know? So that's why I always say, like, you know, there's Anglo-Saxon white <laughs> and there's, like, ethnic white, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I mean, even, yeah. even Italians, right, They their whiteness was conditional, you know, 100 years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm Irish actually, people, too. Right. I mean, the, the, that's the thing about whiteness in America, too, is it's this mutable, th- it is this mutable thing. Whiteness is the mutable thing. I think, you know, POC-ness is not as mutable as, like, the writer of this article thinks it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's, uh, just run that by your friends who aren't white. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't have any, maybe consider not writing that article. <laughs> um, the other, the other thing, you know, since we're in the pol- political aspect of the, of the stuff surrounding the movie, another, another topic that kind of got blown up in the run-up to Wonder Woman was this uh, Facebook post that Gal Gadot had, had written back in 2014. Ironically, I had written about this, you know, when it happened in 2014, but it, for some reason it kind of flew under the radar for three years. And it's now only now getting picked up this. Um, it was during the, the most recent conflict between Hamas and Israel uh, in 2014, there was a, a prolonged conflict, let's say. And, uh, where you had you know Hamas shooting rockets into Israel, but then uh, the Israeli Defense mm-hmm. Force bombing in Gaza, where Hamas was supposed to have been, but in many of the cases they were like schools and hospitals that they were bombing, yeah. and and the the excuse was well Hamas is hiding amongst you know women, using women and children as shields, and that's why we're bombing hospitals. Uh, although you know I don't think you should ever bomb a hospital, but. Yeah. There was a, you know, Gal Gadot, who we've just discussed, is Israeli. She's also a member of the Israeli Defense Force. She had posted mm-hmm. something that, on on the surface, seemed like a reasonable post because because of her nationality and because of her allegiances. Of course, she's going to pray for, uh, you know, her country. The there were a few of the hashtags though were the problem I felt wasn't that she was, you know, praying for her countrymen was this hashtag that she said that we are right. And my issue is that. In war, no one is right, which I think is the message of Wonder Woman, 
that yes. no one is right in war. I'm not saying that, you know, and I'm not necessarily saying she's a Zionist and you should boycott any movie Gal Gadot is in. I'm just saying that, like, to me, I felt the it was too, the irony was too rich to not point out that the woman charged with playing Wonder Woman from here on out mm-hmm. had a very interesting view of war. So that's where I'll that's where I'll leave it. And that, what what yeah. do you guys think? Oh, I thought it was interesting. I actually did have an exchange with somebody who was like, I can't believe you saw this so many times and you're supporting it. And I'm like, um, I hate to break this to you. If you live in America and you have participated in our economy and paid your taxes, <laughs> then you have also supported Israel. And uh, if you think any support of Israel is a support of Zionism, then you are you already did it. Like you paid your taxes. So there you go. Uh, so as much as uh, I, I'm not going to fault somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I support people who use their dollars for protests, so go ahead. Don't don't see the movie if, if it's really against your political beliefs. But uh, I, I this is like one of those things where you're going to boycott capitalism in America unless you go yeah. into the woods and do nothing and completely up the grid like you're not doing it. So right, right, right. Uh, I've tried to. Uh, not expect people who play a character to get that character or even embody the character in any way shape or form so uh, that's a good point i mean it's like no one's mad that like michael keaton's parents weren't murdered in an alley so i don't know (laughs) why you you, we shouldn't necessarily hold actors to that standard but you know that's and that's again that was my point I, i some people have used my article to kind of uh, as a as an excuse for like boycotting the film and 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 i feel like i'm you know I, I, at no point did I ever say like you know I, I'm I'm an I'm an admitted fan I like I like Gal Gadot's work I I'm, I love the Fast and Furious movies and I'm still waiting for a Giselle and Han spinoff movie you know but um which is never going to be a very boring movie <laughs> just close-ups of their graves for eighty minutes <laughs> no you know how Fast and Furious has issues with like. You know the timeline. We can it can be in the past. I have never seen a complete Fast and Furious movie. (laughs) I will I will admit to that. But but you know but at the same time I think like my point was was just we we do have to kind of understand that some people have problematic beliefs and and Mm -hmm. and you know everyone's fave is problematic and that that's something that I think like to your point to Jayla that if you're going to participate in this economy. You know, you do vote with your dollars, and you and and I do don't begrudge anyone who says, "Well, I'm not supporting Wonder Woman because of that." But I do. I also feel like I think she also deserves a an opportunity to to respond. You know, I'm and and I'm, no one is saying that like she's out there going say like like we should we should continue uh, you know building settlements in the occupied territory. Like I don't think her politics on that have ever been expressed. I think that it's a tricky situation. Let's just say. Yeah, I also kind of feel like um, uh, when we say this one person, we we can't support an entire film because it's one person's in it. Like film is collaborative. So you're Mm. like, because one person's in it, there's so many other people. Like, I know I'm a, a, a black, fat, mixed race, queer woman. I would, what movie can I see where there's not somebody who worked on it that thinks I shouldn't be alive. Right. There's got to be one guy that could be a key grip that just really doesn't <laughs> doesn't like fat chicks. Like that's just life. So, um, I would say personally, I'm not 
big into not to the, the, the protest withholding it. But I mean, I also won't see a movie if somebody's in there that I just don't really like. So if you like look yeah. at Gal Gadot and you're disgusted, don't see Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, I forgot that Chris Pine was in it. He's not somebody who I run to go see. So mm-hmm. I know people who would not see the movie just because they don't like Chris Pine's face. And that's your decision. <laughs> so, well, we didn't I talk about I... we didn't talk about Chris at all. That's I actually liked him in this movie too. I I remember his name now. <laughs> oh wow! See, I don't. I remember Chris Pine from the Princess Diaries too. Mm. And so I've I mean I've You've liked been a him fan since for then, a long but. Time. But I won't say that I, like, heavily followed his career, because there's some actors that, like, if you're, I might happen to see something they're in, but, like, I haven't followed his whole entire career, like, more like Chris Evans, because I think Chris Evans is the number one Chris. Well, yeah. But. Clearly. I mean, that's not even a contest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's right. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like Pine, after Wonder Woman, has at least surpassed Pratt, right? Is that, can we, can we admit? I think so, yeah. He surpassed Pratt. I think. I think. Uh... No? I mean, he's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a it's a fight between Pine and Hemsworth at this point. I think that's what it is. Yeah, they're kind of like tied. <laughs> we'll see what happens when Ragnarok comes out. Um, I mean, I'm all I'm all Chris Evans if we're battling Chris's. Oh I no, guess. Well, yeah. I think no. We're 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 talking about like two and three. Like, there's no contest for number one. Like Chris Evans. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, Chris Evans <laughs> yeah. is he's he's on a balcony looking down at everything. While the other Chris's <laughs> fight it out, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, before we wrap up, I, I did want to get back to just the film itself, and and we've kind of talked about the like the problematic issues of it, but I did want to circle back end on a positive note. What was the one aspect of this movie, whether a scene, an actor, marketing, whatever, that was your favorite? We'll start with you, Brittany. What, what was the one thing that you were like, I'm so thankful to have witnessed or been a part of this because of Wonder Woman. I think it, I feel like so many people agree because it's so obvious, but No Man's Land. Yeah, that's yeah. just I like I've never actually like cried at a fight sequence before <laughs> unless someone like dies in that fight sequence. I think I cried uh, several times in the fight sequences for Iron Fist, but I think that was for a different reason. <laughs> that, yeah, this is just like it's the first like female superhero movie that's actually a decent movie, and it's directed by a woman and. Like, she's going out in front of, like, the guys and, like, you know, she's, it was just such an amazing moment that, like, I teared up and cried. So, that will always probably be my favorite maybe scene in, like, comic book movie history. Yeah. But I'm still not sure where I'll rank this movie because I want (laughs) to see it one more time. Because I did the same thing with Man of Steel. I loved Man of Steel the first viewing and then Mm. the second viewing I'm like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> okay uh well henry cavill is very beautiful like that's kind of what happened so i feel like right he has now, such a smarmy face <laughs> i don't know i think he's cute but <laughs> how about you najela what was what's the one takeaway the positive takeaway uh, you'll take you know it? i just i feel like this is such a unique viewing experience um because for the first time I feel like I saw a movie that was very action-based, but was mostly absent of the male gaze Yes, for most of it, mm-hmm. which is a feat because I know it was written by a dude. Uh, 
his dick stamp is definitely on the film. But, but the gaze would have come from the director's eye, right? And I think that's why Patty was so Yeah, important. and I feel like um, you never get, like, you see Diana as strong, you see her as powerful, you see her as competent, um, you could even see her as beautiful, but it's not this um, beauty or else kind of feeling mm-hmm. that the male gaze usually has, where it's this, like, come drink it in, this is all that she is, this is what she's here for. It was just really refreshing, and the scenes on Themyscira, where you just have the, the the Amazon just walking around, and they're training, and they're just interacting with each other, and you see older women, you see, like, yeah. Different like you body see types. smile lines and pores. Women were allowed to have pores, <laughs> uh, which is actually a feat when you're using makeup for film. So right. uh, I appreciate the makeup team uh for this film that went out of their way to make it look like they were not wearing makeup because you usually don't have that (laughs) and it was so amazing that um so i would say like shout out to the to director shout out to the costume design which was amazing and just the way the film was shot so it was like these are characters i want i felt like they wanted us to be with them on their journey and not just ogling them there's no shot of any character in this movie that's like get a load of that yeah there's no mm-hmm. if anything it's probably of steve trevor like there is the yes there's the scene of him <laughs> in the water where like typically you know in the reverse situation where it's the man walking on the woman and, and and even then it's not gratuitous right it's not it doesn't feel well i mean it's a, I, it's a table's turn kind of thing I, I feel like um, the the beefcake scenes. Uh, if we got like ass shots or like if if give us like an inch, uh, like a like just a little neck or something, that would be kind of equal to what we they do with women in film because like guys are always shirtless. True. I thought we got. I thought there was some uh, crack action <laughs> in that one scene with Chris. Uh, maybe maybe I missed it. Like, <laughs> maybe I it was your three like... D glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I don't. I I feel like they could maybe have not. gone a lot more, which is why I hope it, for the sequel. I I really hope that they're like we can do whatever we want, and like they take the gloves off and they are they have the wherewithal to be bold and daring. I want like golden age Wonder Woman. Mm. Like like that would be my dream for the sequel. That would be amazing. Um, well. <laughs> I think I think the movie, you know, I've already made my case about how how, how I feel about the movie. Maybe maybe I'll temper it after after a while. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for joining Hard Knock Life to talk about Wonder Woman. Uh, Jayla, where can people find you on the internet if they wanted to follow you in your work? Uh, if you want to follow me in my work, you can check out my uh, blog site, which is blazionbitch.com, bitch with a Y. Um, I'm also uh, back with my podcast um the i hope i won't get bleeped because i will defeat the purpose of mentioning it but the cunt cast podcast <laughs> this is my new uh podcast where i talk about all things uh sex and politics so you want to check that out um hopefully if you're offended by like genitals don't don't check it out. But you can follow me on Twitter, uh, which would be Blasian Bitch. Again, bitch with a Y. Awesome. And Brittany, where can people find you on the internet? Um, on most social media platforms, I'm at Hi Brittany Monet. You can uh, follow my podcast, DC TV Classics, that I co-host actually with Keith. 
at DCTV Classics and my other podcast, which is going to be, we're going to be doing a new episode or a first episode soon, which is Black Lightning Podcast. And that's at BL underscore podcast. Awesome. And uh, always follow the Nerds of Color at the Nerds of Color. Uh, subscribe to Hard Knock Life on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you do subscribe, if you like what you've listened to, please rate and review us. The more people who review us, the more people who can find us. Uh, you can follow me at the real chow, the underscore real underscore chow. And uh, once again, thank you guys for for being on the show talking about Wonder Woman. I will probably go see it a few more times and then buy the Blu-ray. Uh, I hope you guys <laughs> do as well. So till next time, cue Adam Warrock and chops. <laughs>